You ain't been blue till you've had that mood indigo. Maybe you've experienced red-hot anger. For humans, it's mostly metaphor. But there's one animal that does display real mood ring-like qualities. The chameleon is an alien-looking reptile, a fact that makes it famously photogenic and highly sought after as an exotic pet. But with fame comes misconceptions. The panther chameleon has an amazing talent that few people actually understand. But even creatures that seem alien are natural parts of life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. And if you are on Patreon, you know that I pointed at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And if you're on Patreon, you know that uh, uh, my glasses are shiny. Hmm. Mine too. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy uh, or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And thank you to our Patreon subscribers, Tristan Taylor, Carol Raspolich, and Jesse Raspolich, who is responsible for this week's episode. That's true. Or for the suggestion for the, uh, yeah. for this animal. So uh, thank you to our supporters and thank you to Jesse in particular for your suggestion. And I may be biased, but I feel that Johanna's getting better and better with every f- passing week. It, it, looked, it looked really good to start out with. So it... <laughs> I just looked at her. I just opened the door a little bit to look at her and she was... Eyeballing you? Yeah. She's doing a coy little smile. Hmm, hmm. Uh, but today we are talking about a reptilian mood ring. But more on that later. Let's get emotional girls to all wear chameleons. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if you were holding a chameleon and it just uh, it changed colors based on your mood? That would be nuts. That would be weird. But uh, yeah, we're talking about the panther chameleon. Also, as a, as an aside, um, for Valentine's Day, my wife got me some some steampunk things for my office. Just a couple things because I like the aesthetic, um, and they happen to be octopus based cephalopods. My favorite. Um, nice. Class. So. Uh, If you're on Patreon, you can see this little poster I got, but it's a picture of an octopus holding two toilet paper rolls, and it says, Your butt napkins, my lord. (laughs) I I already have... um, I was just thinking I should get some stuff from my favorite animal, but I already have... You have tons of bear stuff. You have a bear right here. There's a picture of a bear. And it's probably impossible to see, but there's also like a... Bears in a canoe uh, holding, which is like also holding coasters. Your whole life has been bear oriented. So I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that you already have an office full of uh, bear finalia. There's also an owl. 
There's also an owl thing. Owls here. are cool. Owls would probably be second to like octopuses for me. Right here, it's impossible to see, but there is a tape dispenser that is a hedgehog. Huh. I cannot see any of this. No, but nobody really can because it's very small. And I'm just like, I'm sitting to, in a way that covers it all anyway. You got to put it in the shot. Let everybody it's see. Very hard to do. Let everyone see your good deeds. Actually, I'd probably go crocodile. That's probably my favorite animal. And then like octopus and owl. But no mammals. Get them out of here. <laughs> so, but the, like this week, we're not doing an, a mammal. We're doing the panther chameleon, like I mentioned. That's right. Uh, also known as uh, mood clings, color me thine, and karma. Because karma, 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 chameleon. It comes served up to you. What? And a silver platter. Yeah, that was that one was easy, but I I couldn't not. I was contractually obligated to sing that song. I thought, how can you not not? You're a Boy Scout. What? <laughs> I'm sure you cannot from your years in the I can bowline bowling. And uh, and square knot, and that's about all I can remember at this point. Maybe a, maybe a um, a clove hitch, but you know, after that, I'm done. I cannot not. And bowling? No, just the regular one. Ah. Um, let's taxonomize the panther chameleon. It's in a kingdom you know, love, and are in, and that kingdom is animalia. The phylum is Chordata. It's got a spine. The class is Reptilia, like the song. The order is Squamata. Uh, the suborder is Iguania. So, bet you didn't know that this was in the same suborder as Iguanas. It's technically an Iguana. Uh, the family is Chamele Chameleonidae. And the genus is Fursifer which I think was the cat in Cinderella. Uh, the species <laughs> is Pardalis. So, Fursifer Pardalis. Or Pardalis. But we're, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the term of entry? Or what is the collective noun? It all means the same thing. If you saw a group of chameleons, would you say that's A, an alteration of chameleons? B, a blend of chameleons? C, a camouflage of chameleons? Or D, a distortion? Hmm, a blend, final answer. Eh. The, mm -hmm. the answer... Mm -hmm is camouflage interesting the uh the misconception has gone too deep this time yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but yes it's a camouflage of chameleons and it's also alliteration so there you have it it's fun uh just like the last one the the nomenclature actually is interesting um hopefully we don't lose this <laughs> Um, our our files here because I, then I won't have a backup. Um, but the nomenclature means forked leopard. So uh, 
Fursifer is uh, refers to things that are pronged and forked, and uh, the um, pardalis is like le like leopard spot spotted like a leopard or leopard like. Um, hmm. Chameleon means ground lion. <laughs> um, the uh, and I never realized that that last part is is Leon. I was like, huh, I guess so. Um, I wonder if it's because of their they often have crests that could be, you know, mane like. I mean, it's all odd because chameleons t don't spend very much time on the ground at all and are about as far removed from lions as you can be. Um, but that's where we get the name Panther Chameleon here. Because <laughs> uh, it all comes from this lion concept. Uh, but yeah, so it's a camouflage of, of forked leopard ground lions. Do you want to do you want to know what this thing looks like? Sure. The chameleon uh, is actually this is a really interesting animal. If you could probably pull three or four major facts from this one, um, but so we'll cover the other ones that are not the major fact. Uh, Karma the chameleon is a squat-bodied lizard with a vertically flat tor torso, uh, a large head, and a long curved tail. It's triangular head uh, juts straight out from its body so it's a no neck chump uh, and it has a short ridge rising from the top it's not as much as other chameleons that have like this big uh, frill looking ridge but uh, it's still there on the panther chameleon um, its head is also flanked by two massive eyeballs that stick out from their sockets on either side um, and these eyes are almost completely covered with their scaled eyelids. I remember up uh, up until researching this. Yeah, I remember. Huh, Monday. Uh, <laughs> I used to think that this, their, that was their eyeball. Because um, you, you see a chameleon, it's like, it's the the part, the eye, part of the eye that moves is, is just scaly. So I thought that was their eyeball. But no, it's just, it's actually their eyelids. And it's closed around, uh, almost completely around the eye, except for the hole that leaves the pupil exposed. So it doesn't have a lot of peripheral vision because of this. Um, but to make up for it, uh, it can rotate its eyes, each eye, uh, in a 180 degree hemisphere. Um, and plus its eyes can move and focus independently of each other so it has full 360 degree uh a full six, 360 degree range of vision and it can look and focus on two different objects at the same time and so that's why they just look so so bonkers because their eyes are just moving in all these weird different directions but they are looking at and processing two separate objects in different locations which is pretty interesting and also you can't sneak up on them because they can see one 360 degrees um and despite uh each eye only looking at one thing uh on one side of the body uh they have they have very very good depth perception uh, and this because this is because they don't use stereopsis, which is what we use. It's joining images from two eyes based on their uh, different 
Um, longitude? Yes. Um, and your brain processing the two images to kind of judge the depth or the distance of an object. Uh, they actually have monocular depth perception. So they can, they can see things that are, they can tell how far away things are with just their one eye. And this allows, this also allows them to have uh, telescopic vision. So they can see small insects up to 30 or more than 30 feet away. And for relative to their size, this would be like a human, you or me, uh, clearly seeing a hamster from 115 feet away. Hmm. So that's a pretty uh, far distance. You'd probably be like, I think something might be moving over there. Uh, but uh, you definitely wouldn't be able to tell it's a hamster. But a chameleon that's your size would be horrifying, but also would be able to tell that it was a hamster. Um, chameleon, and all this to say, chameleons have the highest magnification of their for their size of any vertebrate in the animal kingdom. Not that there are vertebrates outside of the animal kingdom. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's a that's a unique thing. Their eyes are really cool, um, but not just their eyes. They have knobbly legs, four of them that stick out from their bodies. Uh, they have five toes on each one of their feet, uh, and their toes are split. So they have three toes on one side and two toes on the other side. So rather than being splayed out like other reptiles, they're uh, combined into these two groups, which is the forked. Part of their name it's like a like a uh, uh t like tongs and uh this allows them to grip branches really well um and stay anchored and climb they stay, they spend most of their time in in branches of trees uh their tails are long and prehensile and i don't know if we've we've probably explained pre the word prehensile on the show but um, this means they're controlled intentionally and they're dexterous, kind of like a finger, like you control your finger. Um, like, so the, a non-prehensile tail would be like a dog. It's just a furry meat stick that they wag back and forth and they can't really do much with. Um, so it's not prehensile, but like a, a monkey, like a capuchin monkey can, uh, wrap its tail specifically around things. It can even pick things up. Uh, so that would be prehensile. And the chameleon can do that. Um, also, the chameleon can see ultraviolet light, and it even changes their social and mating behaviors based on the uh, the wavelengths that they receive, and or they perceive. And lastly, their tongues are a lot like a frog's. They can fling their sticky bulbs of tongues out at insects uh, and back in. Z Point zero, no wait, just to the insect in point zero seven seconds, and then I guess another point zero seven seconds back. So point one four seconds for the whole kit and caboodle. Um, it can ex its tongue can accelerate from zero to sixty in one hundredth of a second, which is twice as fast as the world's fastest car. Good luck dodging it, cr crickets. <laughs> Um, but I did say, I did mention their size and how if they were our size, they would be able to see a hamster from 115 feet away. But what size are they, Joe? 
Great question. Welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. That's the part of the show uh, when we present the animal's eyes and dimensions and relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week. Pooh. But that means we have to hear from an animal, and Carlos is the guess what it is. Karma Chameleon's coming for you. That's right. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Is that A, a humpback whale, B, an orca, C, a beluga whale, or D, a whale shark, or E, a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds really creepy. Like, that must be, like, an eerie thing to to hear. Also, I apparently, it's, like, the loudest sound that an animal can make, so... Uh, you're probably going to go deaf. But uh, I'm going to go with Hunkback Whale A. I think everything else makes like clicks and stuff like that. And I don't think Final the whale answer. shark makes any sound. So, yes, Hunkback Whale A. That's correct. I knew it. It's a pretty easy one, but if, if, if we're doing a segment with animal sounds in it, we got to go Hunkback Whale at some point. Yeah. It's a pre- prerequisite sound. Um. Let's talk length. The panther chameleon is between 16 and 20 inches or 40 to 51 centimeters long. We're going with the upper end of average. How many panther chameleons go into the longest single journey taken by a mammal? Is it the bonus humpback points whale? If you can, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get the bonus points. The journey is taken by the humpback whale that travels... Uh, vast distances in search of food. Uh, this particular journey was taken by a female that was sighted off the coast of Brazil in August 1999, and it was later photographed in Madagascar in September 2001. Um, I don't know. What is that, like 30,000 miles? That's what we're going with. The answer is, my answer is, 105 million 105 million chameleons. Million chameleons. Yeah, that's... The correct answer is 19,289,952. Maybe 30,000 miles was, like, way too much. It was about 6,000 miles. Uh, or 9,800 9, kilometers. That's an easy trip. <laughs> yeah. just It just set the record for all mammals. That's it. Actually, I feel like we set the record for mammals. We took a plane. You can take a plane so so quick. That's true. You can take a plane so quick. (laughs) So quick. Let's talk talk male weight. They're 200 to 220 grams or 7.05 ounces. Reminding us again that an ounce is humongous. How many chameleons go into the heaviest bird of all time? An ostrich. Of all time. 
So here's a hint. Oh wait, is that is it like a pterodactyl or something, or a raptor? It's like a overgrown turkey. The bird is Epi Epiornis maximus, uh, also called the giant elephant bird, which once lived in Madagascar. It looks similar to an emu, but it's actually close a close living, close to its living relative, the kiwi. Two hundred and fifty pounds. Um, so we're gonna go with five hundred and fifty. Five hundred and fifty chameleons go into the weight of this boyd. Big this big boyd. Big bird is the actual biggest bird of all time. Final answer. Yes, five hundred and fifty is my final answer. The correct answer is two thousand forty five chameleons. This 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 thing was like two was a thousand pounds. That's right. That's exactly right. A thousand pounds or four hundred and fifty kilometers. I mean kilograms. What? That would be way bigger. <laughs> Kilo- four hundred fifty. <laughs> oh my goodness! What a how do they know how heavy this bird was? I mean, a skeleton must at least weigh that much, and then there's yeah, they're really guessing. Much to it after that. They're just big old guessing. I guess if you have a skeleton that's similar to an ostrich, you can just say, "Well, how much does an ostrich skeleton weigh versus how much it weighs with its flesh and feathers on it?" Let's talk fast facts. Little facts. Do you have any fast facts machines? I do. I do. No, actually, I don't. They're all stationary. All the ones that I've I know of. Um, ah. They don't go anywhere because nobody do they buys fax them. Things quickly. Uh, there's no such thing as faxing anything quickly. <laughs> email email's better. <laughs> um, all right. So as you've alluded to, the panther chameleon lives in Madagascar, specifically the northeastern parts of it. Uh, it dwells in trees and plants and things like that. It's primarily an arboreal lizard ish thing it's not a lizard yes it is a lizard squamata is lizards um in the wild they usually eat uh insects like worms grubs uh crickets grasshoppers things like that um but people often do keep them as pets and they will feed them roaches silkworms and wax worms mostly um even kept as pets they will usually live about three to six years with females on the low end uh, and that is due to the strain of laying eggs. So they will uh, usually die just a few years after laying eggs because it's uh, it takes a toll on them. Um, and I th- I, all the other fast facts I've covered in how cool their eyes are and their tongue and all that stuff and their tails. So why don't we just dive straight into the major one? Okay. Well, before we do that, let me just give you a quick Brian update. What's he been doing with his newfound... <laughs> Free time. He just sent me a picture. He made sourdough donuts. He has a starter given to him by a friend of the show, Joy. A starter? Yeah, like um, a sourdough starter I like that you make bread with. I don't even know what that is. I. It's beyond all of our, our understandings, all of our plebeian understandings. Brian is the but, baker's, the, the master baker, so... But the picture looks delicious, and now I'm really hungry. I could go for some anyway. sourdough donuts for sure. Let's get into the fast fact. 
I mean the major fact. I'm calling it Mood Ring Reptiles. Keep it simple. Keep it safe. Uh, we've mentioned before that the chameleon is thought to change colors to match their surroundings, but it's a common misconception. In fact, there are several factors that trigger the color change, including light, mood, temperature, and potentially sheer force of will. This this is all, I've I have known about this for a little while, but it's still so crazy to me how, like I said, how deep this misconception goes. I didn't know until you said it on this show. Did I say it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I forgot where I heard it, but yeah, it's just like every every time you see in pop culture like a chameleon or I think there's a chameleon in one of the Disney princess movies. It's just like disappears has the ability to just vanish like randall from monsters inc and that's why they say the karma chameleon comes and goes and the chameleon spell in dark souls turns you into like blends you into the background turns you into like a a, an object nearby same thing with i think there's a spell in divinity or two original sin that's also called like a chameleon, something with chameleons, and you go invisible. Makes you invisible. Yeah, it turns out that's like there are so many other animals that that would be more apt to like the the octopus would be great for that. Now, of course, when it comes to camouflage, they do have pattern disruption and counter shading like no other animal because of this ability. So I'm sure, like in terms of breaking up patterns, it helps with not being seen. They can also be brown that in a way that blends them into trees pretty well. Um, but they're not like absolutely invisible sort of. They're not as good at it as like blending into their background as an octopus is. Or a leaf bug. Yeah. But um, first, why do they change their color? They th- they're, they're thought to change colors for two reasons. And the first is communication. Uh, they're relatively solitary animals, but when they do come together, um, it's time to mate. In a camouflage? Yeah. Uh, when two males come together, uh, they will puff themselves up and change color to establish dominance, with the loser changing to a dull, dark color, diminishing and returning to the West. <laughs> and remaining Caladriel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Family magical. Uh <laughs> Madrigal. Uh, madrigal dinner. Uh, the other the other reason they change color is they they use it to thermoregulate. As cold-blooded animals controlling their body temperature is essential. Dark colors allow them to absorb more heat, and brighter colors reflect more light and heat. Uh, the changing colors allow them to fine-tune more than just sitting on a warm rock, like other lizards. That's, so that's, that's cool. That's cool. That makes sense. That would be cool. That would be major fact worthy right there. When you want to be, when you want to absorb heat, you just become a darker color, and, and then when you're looking to stay cool, you reflect it off, like wearing a white t-shirt. Yeah. So the the reason we're doing this is because Jesse specifically asked, "How do they? How does this work? Is it um, chromatophores?" Well, yes, but also no. Uh, Their color change can be stark, but it's not as sophisticated as cephalopods. Uh, And it's a completely different mechanism, but also the same mechanism, but also a different mechanism. 
I'm so, so cephalopods, confused. Cephalopods primarily use chromatophores. But eh, like something like an octopus will also use, like change the shape of their skin. But to change colors, they use chromatophores. The chameleons use something called iridophores. Like iridocyclitis or ir- iridescence. iridescence. That, that sounds like yeah. makes sense. Irida- iridophores, iridophores uh, aren't pigments like chromatophores. Instead, they are crystalline structures that change shape. Uh, when they're at rest, they're an iridescent blue. When the crystals are excited, they change shape and change the wavelength of light they reflect. What? So when they're calm, the crystals bunch together. And when they're stressed or excited, the crystals loosen, reflecting reds, yellows, or white. What? This is crazy so far. So, so far, crazy, there, yeah. Yeah. There's a second layer of iridophore, ir- iridophores that acts as a sunshield that the lizard can adjust to let in more or less sunlight. So it's like a um, built-in sunscreen that you you can change to let in more, get a tan, let in less. Uh, don't get a tan. Don't get sunburned. So we don't know exactly how they control this, but it's likely hormones or neur- neural. Um, I wrote hormonal or neuronal. I'm pretty sure that's just neural. <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. Uh, but that's not all. Panther chameleons have several layers of skin that aid in their color changing. So I've talked about the iridophores that's unique to them, but they also have chromatophores. They have they, they have everything. Yeah. So here's what the layers are. The top layer is a mix of xanthophores, which produce yellow, and erythrophores, which produce red-orange. Of course. Of course, everyone knows that. Yeah. You're you're preaching to the choir here, Joe. <laughs> Xanthrophores. That's definitely something uh, from Star Trek the Next Generation. Iridescent light producing iridophores are also mixed into the top layer. So next, the layer under that is the reflective iridophore layer, which is the one for thermal regulation, and then under that is a brown melanophore melanophore layer. Melanin, brown. Um, So they change their actual skin color with the chromatophores, but they also adjust how you see those pigments by adjusting the iridophores. Now, the iridophores are the crystals? Yes. I'm thinking something else. The the uh, shape-changing crystals. Okay. So, like, these crystals reflect the light, change the way that they reflect light. Or actually... In in the case of one of the layers, they produce the blue light when they're resting. They they literally produce light. They don't glow necessarily, but they reflect um, light. There's a distinction that I don't understand because there's a reflective layer and there's also a color producing layer. Now I don't know if that just means like. One of the layers is just there to reflect light, to take light, to get rid of light. And one of the layers like changes the color. And that's what they mean by producing colored light. But like if you put it, it doesn't produce light because if you put it in a dark room, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shine. No, 
Um, so here's an, if that's all too uh, cerebral to understand and see, like understand how it works. Here's an example. Green is a good example of how they work together. So when they produce, when you see a, a chameleon that's green, um, this is what's happening. So without iridophores, chameleons would be red, yellow, or brown. Uh, this particular, the panther chameleon at least. But to make green, they change their skin pigment to yellow with the top layer of the chromatophores and then relax their iridophores to produce blue light, creating green. So that top layer of skin makes yellow pigment and then reflects blue light to make green. So it's like it's there's a deep understanding of color combinations and primary colors and stuff like that. Right. I mean, probably not an actual understanding. It's clearly an understanding from the one who made chameleon yes so now let's say that you take that yellow light um or that yellow pigmentation and then you have the iridophores uh excite to create white um what's this and that produces a bright yellow what's what's exciting the crystals they they're they're is it like moods like when they are uh, excited or when they're calm, the crystals bunch together and create the blue. Yeah, the, the, in the, that's their resting phase. All all knit together is their rest, their typical net resting phase, which creates an iridescent blue. But then when they're excited, like when the lizard is excited or like freaked out or scared or annoyed, they are they spread out these crystals spread out and create white is it like so when the electrical impulses in their muscles is it like blood pressure we don't know how they control it but like it's either neurons are controlling it like literally their brain is controlling it or it's hormones but we didn't we're not exactly sure how they do it but they seem to do it when they need to do it in term like <laughs> Literally, like, I'm walking up to a, um, a rival, and I'm going to change color to assert dominance. Hmm. So if you know which color is the winner, why not just go straight to it? What do you mean? Like, they, they changed colors to assert their dominance. But one co- color is the winner, obviously, and the other one's like, oh, I didn't realize you could make, like, Cyan. No. So I'm down. It's not a competition necessarily. It's like I'm going to be bright and and puff myself up and one of the, it's like it's like um it's like a gorilla beating their chest. It's like a a bird puffing up their feathers. It's like oh you uh it's not that you can just create vermilion. It's that you have a much better vermilion than I could ever yes. create here. Or it's probably it's like like anything. It's a confidence contest. Got it. Your ver- your red is so bright red that I'm scared of it. <laughs> you can't <laughs> compare to my chartreuse. Yeah. <laughs> Less related note, but if you shine a UV light on a chameleon in the dark, they will glow, but not their skin, their bones. 
What? Apparently, whatever their bones are made of reflect UV light, even through their skin. Glow in the dark bones. I am typing this. Oh, wait, I don't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't type in chameleon. All I have is <laughs> now. I'm just getting a bunch of dog toys. <laughs> okay. Oh wow, that is so that crazy. Crazy. That. Oh man. There, there's major fact number six right there. These things are nuts. <laughs> These things are nuts. Good suggestion, Jesse. Yeah. Wow. That is. I encourage everyone who is not driving to look up. Uh, I mean, I got it from the phrase glow in the dark bones chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you could come up with something better uh, and to get there faster. But yeah, wow. That's awesome. Is that all I get? That's all. Is I that got. it? Is that all? <laughs> There's nothing else interesting about these guys. Bullring. <laughs> just another dumb lizard. Um, no, that was the chameleon. Lots of cool stuff to unpack there. Um, or that was the panther chameleon. Yeah. Uh, so for you out there in Podcastia, wear your heart out on your sleeve. Show your true colors, and always remember to relax your iridophores like the panther chameleon, like here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. podcast <laughs> do 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 just relax your iridophores <laughs> i mean i'm gonna need you to sit down and relax those iridophores like you've never relaxed them